What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. My aunt had a dream, so she called up my mom, Sherry, being like, you need to start looking for her again. And that's the day that she found me on that website. Welcome to the I Did Not Sign Up For This podcast, a weekly show dedicated to highlighting the incredible stories of everyday people. No topic is off limits. Join me as we explore the lives and experiences of guests through thought-provoking, unscripted conversations. And if you enjoy this show and would like to support this podcast, consider joining my Patreon. You'll gain instant access to over 70 exclusive bonus episodes, entries into giveaways, a discount on merch, and more. Your support allows me to continue bringing you these important stories. So head over to patreon.com slash I did not sign up for this and become part of the community. I'm your host, Carling, a Canadian queer identifying 30 something year old providing a platform for the stories that need to be heard. Hello, Andrea. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for joining me today. Of course. I'm very excited. Well, I've been super stoked to talk to you. Yeah. So let's I don't let's just dive in. I would love it if you could introduce yourself. Sure. And then we'll find out where your story starts. All right. Well, my name is Andrea Gray. I was adopted into a Jewish family. From all accounts, we looked perfect on the outside. But what wasn't perfect was my family life. Um, my mom was sick when I think I turned three until the day of her passing when I was 11. I grew up with a lot, a lot of trauma just from her sickness. But then when she passed, my trauma got even worse because my adoptive father lost his punching bag and oh, now it yeah. was me. And were you adopted right as a baby? Yes. I think I was in for about two weeks with a, a different family until okay. I got placed with my family. Right. And my mother was my world. She was my protector. I still cry to this day thinking about her. And my yeah. gosh, it's been so long since she's passed. Like, yeah, I'm just tearing up right now thinking about her. Did you have siblings? What did your family structure look like? So, no, actually, what's really funny about that is I did want siblings. But my mom growing up told me that the rule was you can only adopt one. She didn't want another child to be in our situation. Did your parents get married young? What's their background? So I love their story, but it's also kind of sad at the same time because they were high school sweethearts. 
She was a cheerleader and he was a football player. That's so like a Taylor Swift song or something. Yeah. And I guess like Judaism, we're all expected to get married young. So they did get married young, like around 18, 19. And because like she was sick for most of her life too, that I didn't know about until later, later, she was infertile. They couldn't have mm. kids naturally. And what was her diagnosis? So I didn't know this, but she had Crohn's for the longest time. And then when she got sick with cancer, she initially got sick with cancer in her colon. And then she didn't ask for surgery or something along those lines. And then it just spread all the way up and into her lungs. And then it finally got into her bones. It was really hard hard watching that growing up. Just she was so weak and so like vulnerable. Just knowing that he hit her like enrages me so much still to this day yeah yeah and did you know you were adopted like did you grow up the whole time knowing I knew it was really funny because she told like she sat me down one day being like hey you're adopted and I was like okay and then I just like went to play with my dolls and then the (laughs) next day I came up to her and was like oh hey what's adopted mean (laughs) (laughs) kids are so funny (laughs) yeah so yeah I grew up knowing that funnily enough I grew up knowing a lot about my birth family without even realizing oh. because even like uh, my friends at the time were like do you think you have brothers and sisters and I'm like oh yeah I know I have them and they're like you know your birth parents and I'm like no I don't so like how did you know I don't know I can't even explain it to this day like just in your core you just yeah knew. I just knew that I had brothers and sisters and I do. And did you get that verified? Yeah, like yeah. you found out? Yeah, later, later, like in 2006 is when I found out. So. Oh, yeah. wow, that's wild. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so what was it like growing up 3 to 11? That's so young. Mm-hmm. What was it like in that family dynamic? It was hard because, you know, as a kid, I was told a lot from my father that kids should be seen and not heard. The emotional trauma that he put me through, like I still like am hard on myself today because of all of that that he instilled in me. He was also considered a very strict parent too. I wasn't allowed to go out past a certain time. I was very sheltered. When I actually entered college that wasn't a Jewish school, I was like flabbergasted. I was like, oh my God, I could do this, I could do this. Like there was like a whole new world opened up for me, but I was still getting beaten on behind doors and I just never talked about it until my stepmother came into the picture because she made it extremely worse. She never understood the dynamic that I had with my adoptive father, which is fine. I always had to be alone in my room, away from the situation, so I wouldn't walk on the eggshells that was in our house. Mm. That also led to me hiding food in my room because I wasn't allowed for family meals most of the time too. Like as a punishment or just as? Yeah, like I had to sneak crackers and water bottles into my room just to be fed at night and like what did you what was the punishment for I always want to be like what'd you do but like nothing you could have done would have warranted that nothing I just I ticked I ticked them off for one reason or another I said the wrong thing I wore the wrong thing I remember one time I came downstairs in my pajamas to eat my breakfast and my stepmother told me to go upstairs put a bra on and to be proper around her son I was like, I'm in my freaking pajamas. I'm like, yeah, at your house. Yeah, I'm at my house. I, I, I should feel comfortable in my house. She never made me feel comfortable in my own house. 
so your dad was abusive to your mom before she passed away. Yes. But not to you? Or like not physically? Abusive? Not physically. There was one instance where he was. But you know what? I didn't even tell most people about that aside from my grandmother. And she took that to her grave. There was just a, um, you just don't talk about it. Yeah. You just don't talk about it, especially in the Jewish community. A lot of people like to talk. A lot of people like to gossip. I remember the first time I tried to run away, my stepmother was like, well, what will the neighbors think? And I just laughed to myself and I was like, I don't care what the neighbors think. How old were you when your dad met your stepmom? I want to say 16, 17. That's already such a hard age. Yes. And so you had lived 11 to 16-ish, just you and your dad. Yeah. And he started dating right away too, which was a little odd to me because I was still grieving, but... You know, even his first girlfriend, I loved her so much. She was, like, such a great mother that I actually told him one day, I was like, you know, I really do need a mother figure. I just was hoping that it would have been her. He ended up marrying the second girlfriend, and all hell broke loose. And she she had one kid, a son? She had a son from a previous marriage, and she doted on him like he was king of the castle. And I was just... Cinderella, basically, scrubbing up after everything. There was an instance, too, that uh, that just popped into my head. I remember I came home from a date, and our house was flooding from the third floor all the way down to the basement. And I started freaking out because no one was home. So all of a sudden, I go downstairs. I turn off all the water. I had no idea where it was coming from, right? And I start mopping it up. Then they come home, and they start yelling at me. As, like, this was my fault. Yeah. And I was just like, are you kidding me right now? So I slammed down the mop and I went upstairs and they were like, you are grounded. We are taking your phone and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, just because I let a mop fall down hard. My God. Yeah. And how? And and so how old was the brother, the stepbrother? Oh, my gosh. That's a great question. I don't even keep tabs on him anymore, unfortunately. (laughs) But I think he was like four or five years younger than me. Okay. So, Which makes it even weirder that she was weird about you being in your pajamas. She went through my stuff constantly. She went through my diaries. She found my birth control pills. Uh-huh. Which, by the way, I wasn't even having sex. I just had the worst periods of my life. So that's yeah. what my doctor recommended. So they called me a slut and a whore because of that. And then when they found out that I was talking to my uncle about like all of what was happening... She spat in my face and called me a whore. And I'm sorry for the language. But as soon as she did that, and I turned to my father, he just dipped his head in shame. And that was the instance that I knew I had to leave. I didn't have the balls to finally run away until I was 18. And that's when she was like, what will the parents think? And then they finally agreed that I will stay until my brother was done with his exams because it was too stressful for him. Yeah. Like, who cares about this kid? So eventually, after all of this happened, my father came up to me and he was like, okay, you want to leave? You can leave. I'll drive you. So this all happened in Montreal. My uncle was like, you're coming with us. You are coming to live with us for a bit. We will figure and it all out. And is this your dad's side of the family or no, your mom's side? No, my mom's. This is okay. all my mom's side. He drives me all the way from Montreal to Ontario And he just drops me off. Last time I saw him. That was the last time? Yep. 
it was close to Father's Day. It was like two weeks before Father's Day or something like that. He got really angry that I didn't call him for the, the Father's Day to be like, happy Father's Day. And I'm no. like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. You can say anything that you want to your society over there in Montreal now. I don't care. I am starting to build my new life. Yeah. And here's the thing. I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the resources. My aunt and uncle, after a couple of weeks there, they were like, so when are you moving out? <gasps> and I was like, um, okay. Were you in college in Ontario? So I applied to university. I got accepted into York. Oh, wow. Unfortunately, I, because I thought I was going to be living with my aunt and uncle, like I lost uh, the time to sign up for a dorm room. So mm -hmm. I, I actually had to call directly to the university and my uncle did too just to press on being like hey she needs a place to live so I got a dorm room and then I just started building my life from there with a penny to my name a few boxes that I deemed essential and that was it like I just think back to being 18 or like when I and I remember thinking like oh I'm so grown up mm. but also now when I look at an 18 year old I'm like you're just a baby right like you don't even know anything yet mm-mm no, a lot of things that I had to learn by myself, a lot of mistakes that I've made, regrets, probably not, you know, like going yeah. through the hard times has made me who I am today. As I mentioned to you before getting on this call, yesterday was a very significant day for me because that was the day that I finally left my trauma behind me 17 years ago. That's incredible. And now I am sitting in my dream house. My husband is at work. And my daughter is with my mother-in-law right now. Oh. I remember when I exited that situation, I was like, I will never, ever treat a child the way that they treated me. Yeah. And let me tell you, it's really hard to come from that and to try to change the way that you want a parent. Yeah, because you don't know any different. There's still times that I do cry. It's been really hard. And it's really hard to say that my trauma didn't define me also, because it really did. It made me the person who I am today. I'm so proud of the person that I have become, that I am becoming. Even as the years go on and I still think back to what happened to me, I'm just like, really? Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's bonkers. <laughs> and do you think, so you had mentioned like going to college was your first time not within a Jewish community. Yes. Did you grow up going to like a Jewish, Jewish school? school? Yes. My whole life, Jewish private schools. That's wild. So all I knew was like Judaism, all the prayers. I can still recite them from memory today, which yeah. is great. But uh, yeah, that was so eye-opening because he didn't make a lot of money. I didn't realize that I was attending these schools on a subsidiary, but... Right. Uh, the reason why I had to go to a public college was we basically didn't have money. He told me that he had no money. He would still buy himself things like a treadmill. He bought himself oh. a treadmill when he told me that he had no money for my college books. And I was like, are you kidding me? He handed me a 20 once and he was like, here, you know how much college books are. So he handed me a 20 and you know what I did? I threw it back in his face and I was like, don't worry about it. I got it. I was in school full-time. I was working full-time. I was already taking care of myself, even though I was under that house. Like, I just, like, that's got to be so, what a culture shock to go then go to a public college, non-religious yeah. college. It was great because, like, I was so happy to make friends with other people. I'm not saying that a lot of Jewish people are closed-minded, but 
the people that I did go to school with were. I made friends with like uh, Muslims. I made friends with uh, Sikhs. I made friends with Catholics. I was having the time of my life in college until I decided to leave Montreal for right. good. Yeah. I don't know much about Judaism, but I know there's like Orthodox Judah, which yes. is like women cover their hair. Like it's yes. very extreme, I guess. Yes. We were not Orthodox. Okay. But my grandfather, so that's my father's father, he was very involved with the temple. He was such a beacon in his community. So when he passed away, we kind of lost a little bit of that. We weren't as traditional. We were still very Jewish. We still did all the holidays. We went to synagogue only during the high holidays. And the high holidays are like very special because you have to do like a certain amount of prayers and yada yada. I don't do that anymore. I don't believe in that anymore. Yeah. What I do believe in is the traditions and the customs. So okay. like for Hanukkah, we always light the candles. I still do that. And I'm teaching my daughter how to do that. I just don't attend synagogue every week anymore. That's all. Yeah. So I guess you would have really had to like figure out for yourself what part of being Jewish still felt right to you. Mm-hmm. But it was so entwined with abuse and did people within like did your grandpa know that it was happening or did people at school um my best friend did okay because I hit a breaking point and I was almost going to unalive myself Mm. stupid me I told her how I was going to do it because (laughs) I had my appendix removed months before and I I didn't take any of the medication I I kind of slipped it under my tongue and I kept a stockpile of it in a pill bottle Unbeknownst to me, she basically broke into my house. Not really. The cleaning lady was there and she was like, oh, I forgot something in Andrea's room. She took the pill bottle and she tossed it down the sewer for me. And if it wasn't for her, like, there's a good chance I would not be here today. Are you still friends with her? Do you still talk to her? Yes, absolutely. She's my best friend. That's so nice. (laughs) Even though you moved, like, so far away. Yeah, we try as much as we can. I mean... A big thing about my PTSD, I couldn't go back to Montreal for the longest time yeah, because it just reminded me of everything, right? But gone back a bunch of times now when my grandmother passed away, I really didn't want to go because I was pregnant, but I still Mm. went, pushed through. That's what I'm trying to do. (laughs) Yeah. 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 When did you realize or do you remember realizing like, holy smokes, there's this entire world out here that is different than how I was raised. That's a great question. I remember coming to Ontario to visit my cousins when I was younger and how different it was compared to Montreal. And it just felt more relaxed and more Mm. easygoing here. So I always had my mind set up that I would eventually move out here. I just didn't really think about that until college when I really was flabbergasted. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like 18 is such a transformative time in your life anyway, because you Mm -hmm. really are trying to figure out like what's where do you fit in the world and what are you going to do? And exactly. Yep. Were your aunt and uncle like on your mom's side that came that you lived with for a short time? Were they, I don't know, like as religious? You said it was more relaxed, but were they also Jewish? Yes. Yes. And um, definitely more relaxed than the... The Montreal Jews, that's for yeah. sure. And actually, when I found my birth parents and I figured out they weren't Jewish, I was like, I need to talk to a rabbi. <laughs> so 
I went to their synagogue to talk to their rabbi about the whole situation. And I was like, listen, I really need to reaffirm my faith here. Like, I know I'm a Jew. I want to continue being that. And he was like, absolutely. We're going to put you in a mikvah. And a mikvah is a religious bath that women take. And it's just like considered this holy place. And you're supposed to recite prayers and it was so beautiful. I actually remember crying afterward. I was like, yay, I'm actually fully Jewish now. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. But actually, uh, a lot of people in the community, the Jewish community, do not see me as a Jew because my mother wasn't. What? Like, because yeah. your adoptive mother wasn't? No, no, no. Because my birth mother You're... wasn't. So that's by Jewish silly. law, by Jewish law, if your mother is a Jew, then you are a Jew. So that seems very problematic. My birth mother was pagan and they made, oh my God. yeah, they actually made fun of her a lot when she came to visit me initially, calling her a witch and everything. And I was like, that's not okay. <laughs> like, please yeah. don't do that. Yeah. So how did you end up connecting with your birth family? Oh my God. Is this a story and a half for you? Let me <laughs> tell you, this is a great story. I get goosebumps every time I tell it. So during... All my trauma, I was like, I I need to find my birth family. I need family, you know? Like, I just, my mom is gone. All I really have is my grandmother. And you know how grandmothers can be sometimes. So <laughs> I joined this website called Adoptee Connect. Whenever you join the site, you have to make your own profile. So I was like, okay, yeah, born here, born here. I have a birthmark on my arm. Okay. So I wrote that as an identifying thing. And I really just joined so I would be able to talk to other adopted kids because I didn't know anyone else who was adopted. I wanted that support system too until I got an email saying, I think I'm your mother. I was like, what? <laughs> and she was like, this is the number that you need to call to confirm. The adoption agency was called Batshaw in Montreal. And I called them up and I was like, hey, I need my adoption papers. And they were like, yeah, it's like a couple of month process, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I need to know now because this woman is telling me that she's my mom. And they're <laughs> like, excuse me. And I was like, yes, this is her name. This is like her birth date. And they were like, okay, they hang up on me. Call me back 30 minutes later. No joke. Yes, she's your mother. <gasps> I know. And like, I was just talking like to about be a it. fly on the wall of that office being like, oh, God, we got to scramble. Right. And so they were like, come down to the offices, come gather your information. Oh, my God. So I come down to the office. Everyone in the office is waiting for me. Like everyone. They were like, are you OK? Do you need like do you need us to talk to a therapist for you? And I was like, thank you for the support. But I just want to take my documents right now and leave. So they're yeah. like, absolutely, absolutely. But just know that we're here for you. And they even offered the therapy to my mother, Sherry. Oh, that's so nice. I know. We didn't take it because we were just too ecstatic and too elated. Yeah. So unbeknownst to me, my aunt had a dream saying, I was talking to my aunt in this dream. So she called up my mom, Sherry, being like, you need to start looking for her again. <gasps> and that's the day that she found me on that website. What? I know. So this is your biological mother's yes. birth or sister. Sister. Had a dream that About you me. were. Yeah. Yeah. That I was in trouble and that she needed to start looking for me again. My God. So yeah. what is your, what's your birth story? What are the situations that led to you being placed for adoption? Oh my gosh. Well, really, she just 
got knocked up. <laughs> and yeah. uh, she didn't like my dad. They were never really together. I mean, mm. they they didn't live together. They were also kind of high school sweethearts. I was a drunken mistake in the back of a van one night. <laughs> oh, no. And um, she actually never told him until, like, he found out while she was, she basically ran away to give birth to me, right? So he found out through friends that she was pregnant. He starts traveling all the way across because he knows she's traveling to Montreal with this loser. He actually gets stuck in Alberta. He ran out of money in Alberta. He couldn't come and get me. Like, were you in BC? Where was your birth mother in BC? Yes, she was in BC. She met this loser guy. I forget his name. We all forget. We don't care about him anyway. Yeah. He offered to drive her to Montreal because that's where his family was from. And he was going back to Montreal. So she was like, done. I'm going to Montreal. like To have this baby. To have this baby, me. And she was like, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I think a lot of my birth also caused her some trauma too. And that's why she wanted to place me into a better home. Because mm-hmm. she really was starting out with nothing. She literally came to Montreal with a duffel bag. Also, like pennies to her name, what she deemed essential. She couldn't provide for me and she wanted the best for me. So the best option for her was to put me up for adoption. And it was like it was so you went into foster care. So it's not like the stories where you hear like she chose a family. No, she had no idea where who I was getting placed into. The agency did that all for her. Wow. And like I remember like I I told her everything that happened to me not not right away not like the first visit cuz you know yeah. I want her to like me a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, when, I remember when I eventually told her everything like she just started bawling and she was like I would have raised you way better than that. We would have been poor, oh. but but you know what? We've really made up for lost time. So that's all that that's matters That's amazing. To me now. And does she so she has other kids? Yeah. So when um, did they come along? All after. She left Montreal and she came to Ontario to have my brother Calvin and my sister Jess. And that marriage didn't end up working either. So then she ended up flying back home to BC where she met my, I guess I could call him my stepfather because he was pretty involved in our lives until they decided no longer to be together. And then she had two additional kids, uh, Evan and Ty. Unfortunately, my brother Evan did pass away last year. Oh, was, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it was really hard on all of us because um, it was just very unexpected. He went yeah. to go. He really doesn't like people, first off. <laughs> and I, granted, I don't like a lot of people either. <laughs> yeah. um, so every winter, him and his roommate would go to Alaska or somewhere north and just like, you know, camp out, do their thing, forage, all the good stuff. This trip, he just never came back home. No. Yeah. Yeah, it was really hard. So that little story there, um, his friend fell, dislocated his hip, told him, I will be back in a week with help, and just never came back. But did his friend who dislocated his hip survive? Yes, and he's very lucky that he was found because by the time they they found him, six months have gone by. (gasps) He had barely any food or water. Uh, he was stick thin when they found him, oh, and he was no. a bigger guy to begin yeah. with. And so was it like an accident that your brother died in, or? We're not sure. Really? RCMP didn't really fully disclose to my mom. They did to yeah. my stepfather. I don't think my mom wants to know. And you know what? Yeah. I, 
don't blame her. Wow. So how old were your siblings when you reconnected with your mom? Oh, my gosh. they would have been a little bit younger. 2006, right? Hold on. I got a calculator. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Pi is the youngest one. Okay. So 10 and 12 when I met them. And then there was two more as well? Yes. So they're a little bit older. I want to say three years younger than me. And Calvin is two years younger than me. And did they stay, did they go to BC with your mom? Yeah. Okay. They've wow. all, they've all been a huge family unit, but without me. <laughs> right. <laughs> they knew about me though, ever, ever since they were kids. So they yeah. knew that they had, they chose a name Brenda for me. So they called oh. me Brenda <laughs> for the longest time. Yeah. <laughs> That's so wild. And so yeah. what was the meeting like the first time you oh, made your gosh. birth mom? Like, and then your siblings. It was so emotional. So we were chatting a little bit before we all met each other and uh, just emails back and forth, really trying to get to know one another. And then the guy that I was dating at the time, he had a work trip in Saskatoon. So he was like, why don't you fly out with me? And then we can just like jump to BC and then head back home, right? I was like, actually, that works out great. Let's do it. Uh, unbeknownst to me, he was videotaping our full encounter the first time. Aww. And, oh, I love that. I loved it so much. He was a good guy. Not for me, but he was a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Not everyone's for everyone. Yeah. So the first time that I landed in the Kasgar Airport out in BC, I felt like I was already home. And then I walked into the building and I saw my mom. I look exactly like her, by the way. Oh, my God. And I saw her and I just waterworks. My dad was there with my stepmother. My stepfather was there with her. And like I mentioned, my my mom and dad don't get along (laughs) at all, right? So it's all it was a really funny encounter for them to be in a room together for the first time in like 19 years, essentially. Wow. And it was so funny. My stepmother, when we were chatting over email, she was like, I think you should get a paternity test. And then I sent them a photo and she was like, OK, never mind. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have I have my dad's smile. I have my dad's eyes. I have my mom's nose. I have my mom's body. It was really that's got to be such an interesting experience growing up, not looking anything like your parents who raised you. Right. And then suddenly meeting a group of people who look like you. Yeah. It was bonkers. My cousins were there too. My sister, her boyfriend at the time. So much family came. I was so overwhelmed. But like I was only there for two days, right? Because it was only like a little back and forth. It was June when I met them. There was a Christmas tree up for all the Christmas (laughs) trees that I've missed. There were my favorite color balloons up. And they eventually gave me a birthday cake saying happy birthdays for all that they missed oh that's so nice sorry (laughs) no that's beautiful like getting so much love in that short amount of time after not getting what i needed from my adoptive family was so overwhelming and so powerful and the fact that like your whole that whole family knew about you you weren't a secret no i know your mom was just doing what she thought was the best thing for you yeah. Which is all, that's all we want. And like knowing that my dad tried to stop her. Yeah. That same day, my dad took me aside and he handed me an envelope full of money saying that I was the first 
to ever go to university. And when I looked at it, it was a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. My adoptive father gave me a twenty dollar freaking bill. The amount of support that my dad gave me. Yeah. I will cherish until the day I die. I changed my last name to his. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. That's why my name is Andrea Crane. Did you get along with his wife, your like yeah. stepmom? Yeah. So they weren't actually married until two years into me meeting them. So 2008 is when they got married. She's such a great lady. They're great for each other. My mom is a bit of a kook. My dad, <laughs> my dad has the head on his shoulder. So I understand yeah. why they never got along. But yeah, I love them both for so many different reasons. And for the longest time, it was actually really hard for me to connect with Sherry because I had so much love still for my mom that passed away. But I and did Sherry respect that? Like, was that like, yeah, yes. She told me recently because I went there last year with my daughter, and she told me that, and she was like, "Listen, I never wanted." to bother you I wanted you to bother me and I was like wow thank you I really appreciate that she really understands boundaries she's also been through her own traumatic experiences it's kind of like we were healing together yeah and when I got pregnant I invited her to come down to spend at least a few days with the newborn and me and oh my gosh I wanted my mom there so badly the one that passed but I had had Sherry And yeah, it's weird calling her by her name, but I've done it for so long because I still consider my mom who passed away. Her name is Risa. I still consider Risa my mom. She supports that. She loves it. She's she wishes she could have met her, too. And you know what? They would have loved each other. Honestly, they really would. Oh, that's so amazing. Mm -hmm. And so did you you were not with your husband when you first met them no no I was not and so how did you meet your husband okay this is a weird story (laughs) (laughs) so I used to do a lot of work for Rogers retail and I was a store manager one time and the new iPhone 3 came out of course we were really really busy and I got notice from the higher ups that we weren't allowed to do upgrades we were only allowed to do new accounts he comes into the store looking to do an upgrade and I'm like sorry I can't help you right now he goes ballistic he flips out on me and just storms off so anyways he goes home and he tells his mom and she's like you are marching back to that store and you are apologizing to that nice young lady so he did with his mom by the way oh my god (laughs) and not only that but he came in with a coffee which surprisingly, he knew what I liked in my coffee, which was really strange. And like, a did bunch... he just guess? Yes, he just guessed. And a bunch of mini Mars bars. Now, iPhone 3 launched, right? I didn't have a break that day. I was starving. To tell you how attractive I was scarfing these down in front of him, <laughs> and he still asked me out? Yeah, I was very pretty. Oh, my God. And yeah, That's oh, amazing. my gosh. I remember... So before him, I was engaged twice. I think it was the second date that I knew that he was absolutely the one. And it was so terrifying for me because I didn't want to make another mistake, right? Like I've already been engaged twice. I thank God nothing ever came to fruition with that. But like I was so scared to tell him that I loved him. That's so nice. Yeah. And so has he met your Burke family? Yes. Everyone loves him. 
Oh, that's so great. Yeah. I just love that. For my wedding, which was great, my sister, both of their boyfriends, they came down. That was the only, oh no, sorry, my dad also came down with uh, my step, uh, my stepmother. So they came down and they met most of my my family too, minus some who weren't invited for obvious reasons. But also most of my friends growing up were there too. They were stunned. They were like, you are 100% your mother. And I'm like, oh, I know this. She went out drinking with them the night before. All of my friends were like, it was like having you there. Like, it was so strange. We <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I know. I am my mom. I, I love it, though. I love That's that I can so finally cool. make comparisons, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I just love that. So, like, what a... I'm so sorry that you had those first, like, so many years of your life the way you did. But what a beautiful... I don't know. That's not the ending. No, it's not. It's not. It's definitely not. And like, I'm, as I also mentioned, I was misdiagnosed from anxiety, from uh, generalized anxiety disorder to finally getting my correct diagnosis two years ago for PTSD. Everything just finally clicked. I was like, yes, I do have PTSD. And now I'm, I'm still trying to figure out my triggers. Like it's still like a learning experience, right? I actually wrote down most of this into a book that I released, I want to say four years ago, called Albatross. And even the story doesn't really end. The story is just like, yeah, and now we're just going to move forward, right? Yeah. And that's what you have to do. And for the longest time, I didn't know how to move forward. I didn't know how to love myself. It's so hard to get out of that rut. But once you do, things just start to click. I think I really got out of my rut in 2016 so now the last couple of years have just been like flying by and everything is going well I mean sure I still have my bad days everyone does right but just know that like the trauma doesn't define you it really really doesn't you define yourself it's going to be uncomfortable to get out of that rut it was for me Uh, there was a lot of hard truths I had to tell myself and man I I seriously regret nothing Everything that I've done was for a purpose, and now I'm here, and I'm happy. Oh, my God, I can finally say that I'm happy. Like, that took years to do. And what was it in 2016? Like, what happened that sort of was the impetus to get unstuck or out of the rut? Uh, A doctor finally believed me. Mm. And that also is really hard, really hard to get a good doctor who actually believes in you. And what about your in-laws, your husband's family? Are you close with them? Uh, I'm really close to my mother-in-law because I really don't have a lot of family out here. I do have my aunts and uncles. So I really heavily rely on my mother-in-law for uh, babysitting and childcare. And my husband works in the film industry, so he's not here a lot, which kind of sucks. But at the same time, you know, he's working, he's getting the bread. (laughs) Yeah. She loves being so involved because her parents weren't involved with Brian. That's my husband. Yeah. Yeah. So, so she's also trying to rectify her wrongs. It's just funny. We're all, we all have trauma. We're all just still trying to get through it. Yeah, it's true. We're all just trying to figure out the best way forward to be happy despite everything that may have happened right my gosh Andrea I just yeah I'm so glad you wrote a book I'm gonna go look it up so it's basically a memoir of both what me and my mother Sherry went through it's both of our stories intertwined together 
And I would actually absolutely love to mail you a copy for free. Oh my God. I would love that so much. I'm so thankful that we were able to connect and that you shared your story on this podcast. Yes. Thank you so much, Carling. Well, I'll let you get on with your day. Okay. It's got to be, I guess it's like after lunch there now. No, it's almost noon. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Andrea, thank you so much. We will be in touch very soon and enjoy your day. Okay. Thanks so much. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I hope you found our conversation informative and entertaining. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to follow me on social media, share this podcast with your friends, and leave a review at ratethispodcast.com slash I did not sign up for this. Your support means the world to me. If you want more interviews, exclusive content, and ad-free episodes, join the Patreon at patreon.com slash I did not sign up for this. I hope you all have a fantastic week ahead and we'll talk soon. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.